Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are breaking down District 4 athletics and activities week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by Scott Burton. Just Scott today. No moniker, no no fancy nickname. It's our last prep cast of the school year, and we're just going to keep it straightforward today. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know, and it's uh, the second one in two days, and I'm thinking, you know, let's uh, let's throw a curveball at the prep cast for the Magic Valley and go with my real name because, you know, probably expecting some wonky nickname. Just not not today. You're right. Last one, straightforward. We're not always refined and classy here on the Magic Valley PrepCast, but when oh we are, Lord. we really class it up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? We we were Lauren and I were talking at the uh, state baseball uh, tournament that uh, man, if we could just put a camera in the press box and then charge a pay per view for you know behind the scenes stuff that all that happens, dialogue included, when we're off the air. We, I tell you what, we we make a little bit of coin there, my friend. We'd be having, having these podcasts on a beach someplace. Uh, yeah, you know what would happen is uh, what you and Lauren talk about between innings would be so compelling. Sirius XM would come lure you away. You guys would host a show every day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, one can hope. One can hope. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a finally time to take a breath, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna like get one last little sprint here to the finish line uh, with all of this. I've got, I've got all my notes here, Scott. I know you've got yours as well, so we got a lot to get to. I will say really quickly, uh, Scott, you mentioned it's your second prep cast in the last two days. Uh, Scott, you were the broadcaster at the 4A state baseball tournament this week or this past weekend, and there was a, a pretty cool story that's not necessarily magic valley related right it involves a kid from pocatello but this is a story that i thought everybody around the state should should get to hear it so you went one-on-one with brody birch from pocatello high school yeah i did um and what a great kid uh he is he has been nothing but respectful and polite and excited and his story is just something that just doesn't come around very often and if you you know you have a chance to go watch that go do it. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, something that is going to live in the Pocatello. Uh, I I told him it's going to be in Pocatello lore forever, uh, just because you don't hear about what he went through. Yeah. Uh, long story short, two championships in two different sports in two different cities, all in the span of about five hours this past mm-hmm. Saturday, which is just wild. So yes, you can watch that interview on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account, which is also where you can find this prep cast each and every week. Um, but as a special bonus for, for our audio listeners that subscribe to the podcast via Google, Apple, whatever, or listen at IdahoSports.com, uh, I'm going to put that interview into the Magic Valley PrepCast feed as well. So on the audio side, you can also listen to that interview that Scott did because I thought it was really good. So Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. And he was a, a, a great interviewee, um, talked to us in a little bit of detail and uh, really kind of walked us through it. I mean, I, it's and it, and it really when you posted it last night just blew up and it is continuing into the thousands and thousands of of views already. So it's it's really popular right now. Go check it out. Yeah, hopefully uh, Sports Center or ESPN or somebody picks this up because <laughs> this just doesn't happen. Yeah every day anywhere. So yeah, pretty cool story, but there were a lot of cool stories from the magic Valley this past week as well. And so we are just going to dive right into it. Now we're not going to cover every single tournament, every single result. Cause we would be here for six hours. Cause there's just mm. so much that happens in championship week in the spring. So uh, we're kind of going radio DJ here, Scott, we're playing the hits. All right. We're just- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well put, well put, well put. Yeah. Well, first up uh, on the hit list has got to be, and this was, I think Brody Birch from Pocatello was the biggest story of the weekend just because of what he pulled off. But outside of that, I think the biggest story, not just in the Magic Valley, but probably the state was what Gatlin Bear did at the 4A state track and field meet uh, in uh, Meridian at Mountain View High School, where he uh, basically took the record book and obliterated it in the short sprints. Oh, no question. I mean, I think everybody knew that he was going to win going in. It was just going to be 
what kind of record will you set? I mean, th this kid is not from this planet, you know, as far as his ability goes. And, you know, so he wins the 100, he wins the 200. And, um, you know, he, he ran an overall state meet record, Idaho all-time best in the 200 at 20.41. Um, and then in the 100, a 10.15, which puts him number four in the United States for the 100 and number two in the 200 as of like Saturday evening. So, I mean, not only is this kid obliterating the record books in Idaho, he is putting himself on a national map and he is only going to get better once he continues on after high school. But I mean, if you haven't seen the video of him winning the hundred, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing because I didn't know you could get lapped in the hundred. <laughs> yeah. Apparently yeah. you can. Uh, that's how, that's, that is how far ahead he was of everybody else. It's, it's truly amazing. Yeah. Pretty incredible. So not only does he have the new, all class records in the one and the two. He set the two in the prelims on Friday and then ran a slightly slower time in the final Saturday. He still won both events. Uh, but like you said, now nationally ranked. And, uh, you know, everybody was making a big deal about uh, Matt Miller, the offensive coordinator from the Boise State football team. He was there watching front row and center. Uh, and of course, Boise State is one of the schools that Gatlin has narrowed down to his list of final choices for where he wants to play college football at. And um, I think what people don't understand sometimes with Gatlin bear and uh, you know, Cameron Anderson, his football coach uh, talks about this a lot is the work that goes into it. You don't just show up and you're blessed with God given abilities and you go run a 10, 15, 100. It takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, nutrition, sleep schedules, mm -hmm. all of those things. And we talked about it a lot throughout the year here on the prep cast and, and, and all of that hard work might shave off three one hundredths of a second or, you know, three tenths of a second. So in track, especially in the, in the 100, the differences are minimal, but it's a huge difference in the work that has to be put in to achieve times like that. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And just the uh, to avoid injury, because how many times do you see these high school kids not take care of themselves, whether it be stretching or, uh, like you said, nutrition, sleep, all that kind of stuff plays a part. But Gatlin has remained healthy and 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 because of the way he takes care of himself is, man, what what a, what a great senior season he had. I mean, you know, he made stops at the Oregon relays, Clyde Littlefield, Texas relays, the BYU invitational, um, and, and really kind of put his stamp on a national map and everybody knows who he is. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of people in Idaho that are really kind of on the edge of their seat, just a little bit, try to figure out where is this kid going to go? Because, you know, when something like this comes around and you're getting, you know, the, the recruitment that he's getting and football is where he wants to go, right. That we just got done with the, the, the Colton Loveland deal, right. Here comes Gatlin bear. There's a chance he's going to stay in Idaho. And I think all of Idaho is rooting for that. Because that's that's never happened, right? Boise State is always like the bride left at the altar where mm -hmm. the top prospects flirt with them and then they go somewhere else. And, and that's fine, yeah. right? Go go to the big schools. But if if Gatlin does stay in state, I mean, he will be the first of his kind, a, a top nationally ranked prospect that stays in the home state to make Boise State better. And that would be a cool story as well. And no matter where Catlin goes, I mean, he's going to be phenomenal. And how yeah. about this, Scott? All those places you mentioned, Texas, Oregon, BYU invite, he never lost this year. He went undefeated in the one and the two this season. Incredible. Yeah, yeah going against uh, some of the country's best. Yeah. You know? And so when you are number two in the 200, number four in the 100, nationally, I mean, wow. Impressive. Yep, yep pretty impressive. Uh, we did have two other individual champs from the 4A state meet. Stockton Stevens from Twin Falls. We got to cover him a lot during our cross-country coverage earlier this fall on IdahoSports.com. We actually uh, had him on for a post-race interview, and he was a great kid to talk to. He wins the two-mile, the 3,200. And then, uh, Scott, of course, you're the athletic director at Jerome, and a Jerome Tiger, Keenan Blair, wins the shot put at 58 feet. Evan, uh, even, that is a big league throw. Yeah, and he was flirting with a school record 
um, that was set back in 1980 by a guy named Gary Holsey that uh, went on and played uh, football at Utah State, had a little stint with the Miami Dolphins. Um, but And that kid was a beast back in 1980. And, and nobody's been able to even come close, sniff it, whatever. Keenan was flirting with it. And, um, but I mean, and you take a kid like Keenan, man, what a great kid he is. I mean, you like to see kids win and you really like to see great kids win that are just good people. And Keenan is one of those guys. Um, and he is, uh, moving on to, um, you know, play football and, and participate in track, uh, at the college of Idaho. So he's, he's got a good future ahead of him. And then Stockton Stevens, we talked about him on a broadcast uh, I believe earlier this year, it might've been last year. I'm not really sure, but there were nothing but great things to say about him as well. You know, his teammates really had just the, the absolute best praises for him. So did his coaches talked about his work ethic. And so it's no reason that winning happens to those kinds of kids because yeah. they do it the right way. Yeah. He shared the story with us after he, he won the, uh, the, uh, cross country meet uh, that Highland hosts every year in Pocatello. And we broadcast that on IdahoSports.com. And he came on for the post-race interview and said, basically like, this is what I did as a kid. I would, I would sprint from one end of my neighborhood to the other, pretending that I was in the closing 50 meters and a guy was chasing me and I needed to give my absolute all. I mean, he's built his whole life up for this. And so, yeah. And that's funny because as kids, we, we always played that little game, but usually it was on the basketball, right. you know, floor or outside shooting hoops and five, four, three, two, one. And we take the, you know, the, the shot at the buzzer to win it all. And, you know, if we miss it, he was fouled, you know, we did all that kind of thing. He just did it with a different sport. Yeah. And, but it was the same thing, same concept growing up and, 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 it, and that helps kind of prepare you a little bit. So good for him. Yeah, pretty cool story there from the 4A uh, state meet. Congrats to Stockton, Stevens, and Keenan Blair, and, of course, Gatlin Bear from Burley. Magic Valley well represented at the 4A meet. Uh, let's go to the 3A state meet where we had a double dipper. Graydon DeVries from Kimberly Scott wins the 1600 and the 3200. It's really hard to sweep those distance races because you, I mean, both are grueling affairs. The, the, the 1600 pretty much now is a, almost a sprint for all four laps. And so way to go Graydon DeVries from Kimberly. Oh yeah. No kidding. It's, it's harder and harder to, to, to sweep those, like you said, and because they are completely different races. Um, obviously one's twice as long as the other, you know, I'm, I'm a mathlete. I figured that out, but, uh, they, they are gruelers and with the, the field of kids that are coming up and it, it is becoming a fast, fast race. And, uh, you know, those are some good times, you know, Stockton Stevens at nine seventeen, and then, you know, uh, Graydon at nine thirty-seven. you know, those, those aren't bad, you know, at all. I'm looking at nine thirty-seven. I'm thinking nine hours, 37 minutes. I can do that. Yeah, I might need a I might need a little longer still to get the uh, the eight <laughs> the eight laps in for that two mile, uh, and then at the one A meet, Scott, uh, you know we had another double winner. This was uh, from Kerry Riley Morey. He won the two and the four, so he wins the two hundred and the four hundred. Of course, he was part of that great football powerhouse that's been there, and you know we saw the speed on the football field where he had several long touchdown runs and receptions this year and we see it on the track as well as he wins the two and the four and those are great times that he had 22.57 in the in the 200 and when you're thinking about you know comparison to gatlin bear who's running 20.56 i mean that's a two second mark which you know is still significant but at the same time when you think about how head and shoulders gatlin is above everybody else uh riley is in that second tier and then you get to the 400 and he's almost a sub 50. That is bananas. Uh, sub 50s are just ridiculous. And a lot of people, the best ones are hovering right around 50, 51. And that's a, those are pretty elite ones too, right? But uh, man, Riley was some really good times. And, and congratulations to him, a double state winner. Yeah, awesome to see from Riley Morey. Also from the 1A meet, uh, James Kersey of Hanson won the shot put, 52 feet, 3 inches. And Kyle Christensen of Valley, he was kind of the the wire-to-wire -wire leader in the long jump all year long. He wins the 1A championship in the long jump for Valley as well. So congrats to uh, each of those athletes also. Uh, let's go to girls track and field, Scott, where the big story, and we talked about it earlier in the season, yeah. was the dominance of this Raft River 
girls track and field program, they score 113.83 points, which is for 1A where there's like, you know, literally 40 to 50 schools competing. That is a blowout. And way to go, Raft River, winning the 1A girls track title. Yeah, you know what? And and we did talk about this, at how dominant and deep this Raft River team was, and they did not disappoint. I mean, 113 points in a track meet is is insane. But all the key players that we talked about, they came through. I mean, Libby Bowden is a repeat uh, champion in the 100 meters, a uh, repeat 200 champion, um, set a state meet record in that you know, 25.11 is her time. And she also plays second in the long jump. So you look at the points that like Libby Bowden gave your team. Um, ridiculous. And then we, we also talked about Abby Rex. Uh, she, she placed in the triple and the 300 hurdles, Allie Black, who's been, you know, dominant all year long. Um, girls, 3,200 meter champion, um, placed in the 800, placed in the 1600, and the list goes on and on and on. I mean, these are the girls that we talked about, and they stepped it up, and they got it done, and they showed why Raft River is the deepest 1A girls team in the state by far. Yeah, Allie Black was the 1A cross-country champion this fall, wins the 3200 in track. Nice little bookend there. Heidi Harper took third in the 400. Cassidy Ward was fourth in the shot put. Ashley Christensen, fourth in the high jump. And so not only did Radford River have those champions at the top, but the trickle-down as well. And you start adding it up, and you see why Radford River ran away with the thing. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, even their medley relay team uh, won a state, ma- state record, you know? Um so, I mean, yeah, it's just, it is, I mean, one after another and track is just one of those things to where you get a bunch of athletes and they can all put up the points like that. And then you get them combined for one, man, it, it just impressive. So the biggest story though, outside of Raft Rivers dominance as a team was we had a pair of triple winners from the magic valley which is you think about rat forever and everything they were doing for shaley smith of Kerry and lexi hudig of valley to each go out and win three events i mean that's incredible that they were able to do that. the magic valley really cleaned up here at this 1a meet uh shaley smith won the high jump the 300 hurdles and she repeated as the 100 hurdles champ as well wow i mean that truly is impressive i mean to just to compete and be successful in three different events, let alone win them. Uh, I mean, that just speaks to the athleticism that some of these girls have. It, it's just really, really cool. I mean, you know, Lexi, the pole vault, the long jump, and the triple. Uh, I mean, just an athlete, just an athletic girl. And then the ability to run the hurdles and the high jump, that tells you a little bit about her ability and her vertical and all that kind of stuff. Man, just phenomenal athletes. So great job, uh, Shaley, Lexi, Carrie Valley represented well. Yeah, and uh, along the way, Shaley Smith set a new 1A state meet record in the 300 hurdles, 45.41 seconds. So more records continuing to fall at the girls' 1A state meet. Um, let's jump up to 4A, where Morgan Graham uh, won two golds for Twin Falls. She won the long jump, and then she was part of the winning 4x4 four four relay team as well. So Morgan Graham from Twin getting uh, getting double medals there. Cool story from the 3A meet. Scott Izzy Stockham of Gooding wins the pole vault. She clears 11 feet. Her older sister, Ellie Stockham, was a state champion in the pole vault for, good, uh, for Gooding, and she's now pole vaulting at Idaho State University where, of course, one of the greatest pole vaulters of all time, yeah. Stacy Trujillo. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, yeah, following suit, Pole Vault City at Idaho State. Uh, be interesting to see what Izzy decides to do and uh, follow in her older sister's footsteps or not. And I will want to I want to go back to the foray really quick. Um, Jerome's four by two, one state in, in that relay as well. And, and I'd be run out of town if I didn't mention <laughs> mention <laughs> mention that. Um, but uh, yeah, so another great showing. Uh, the pole vault, pole vault always scared me. I, there's just something that says, don't put your butt above your head or bad things are going to happen. Cause I mean, I could just totally see myself trying to do that and heading back the other way, missing the mat completely. You know, it would just not end well. So a lot of respect for the pole vaulters. Yeah. I did track in high school and we didn't even have pole vault because our school was on the lower end in terms of 
funding and money available and things like that. And we just, we couldn't afford it. The pole vault equipment right. is expensive. So, well, yeah. And now, now we're going to add javelin. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's going to be a discussion to have down the road as well. I, I will say I do. I, my school did have the javelin. Montana's had the javelin forever. And I, lo- I loved it. It was my favorite event to do. So if, if it works monetarily, I think we should go for it because it's a good event for sure. Yeah. Now everybody's excited about it. Yep. So uh, and then finally at the 2A girls meet, uh, Jessica Duran of Wendell wins the two mile as well. So we've got some distance dynamos from the Magic Valley here. Yeah, I guess we do. Um, she won the 3,200 in 11 hours and 28 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, that's that's my time. Um, right. Yeah. But again, uh, another great performance um, from Jessica and Wendell in the 2A. Yeah, and I'll have to double check here, but I believe Jessica Duran was also a member of the Wendell softball team. She was, she was an outfielder on this year's softball team. And so we talked about Brody Birch doing the baseball track, double dip. So did Jessica Duran and, uh, you know, stopping down on that for a second. Uh, not every school lets their athletes do that. And so I think it's cool, man. When Pocatello or Wendell allows their athletes to go out and, and try to compete in multiple sports, it takes a lot of cooperation from the coaches mm-hmm. to make it work. Cause you're sharing an athlete for practices and competitions, but I, I say go for it if, if the school can make it work out. Oh, no question about it. There's a there's a few boxes that need to get checked there, and you hit some of them. Yeah, you've got to have communication and agreement from the two programs that these kids are athletes, not specialized players, because that has been such a, a big you know, point of contention in the coaching ranks is that, no, you're going to specialize in basketball. You're going to do – no, they're not. They're kids. They're athletes. Let them play. But the other thing is that – the athlete has to, to understand the limitations of his or her own body because you're going to be pushing it uh, to an extreme, right? And so you got to make sure that you understand your limitations. And then, you know, you've got to have the discipline to keep up with your studies because you are going to be pulled in different directions. So there's a lot of boxes to check. And the, the kids that are allowed to do it are usually pretty successful at it because they do check those boxes. Um, and you know, there's no difference here, no difference with Duran and Brody. I mean, they're the same kind of kid. They're getting it all done. Um, and, and I'm glad to see that. Yeah. It's a really cool story when, uh, you can pull that off. And like you said, it does take a lot of hard work for sure. Um, all right, let's talk golf. Scott, we had spring, we had fall golf earlier this year with five, a four, a, and then we had spring golf as well with three, a two, a, uh, weather turned out to be perfect for state, uh, in the spring, which it typically is. And the weather was really good for the fall this year as well. We'll see if that continues moving forward or not. Uh, but let's go, uh, to boys golf. The two, a meet was at Sage Lakes golf course in Idaho falls. They also hosted the 5A state meet earlier this fall. And Declo wins the championship with a total score of 647, 10 strokes ahead of second place. Grace, way to go, Declo. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny with this golf thing because we know what kind of spring we all had. <laughs> and, you know, the 5As and 4A golf teams are going, yeah, that's right. It's why we played in the fall. Not a bad day at all in the fall that we played this past year, but spring never had it until the very end, you know? And so it was a great way to wrap up with some good weather, but a miserable way to spend about three fourths of your season in the crap that they had to deal with. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they finally got it done and yeah, Declo, man. Well done. That's a that's a big margin of victory right there. And you know, Sun Valley Community School finished in a three-way tie for third, so they represented well. Um, Kellogg and Genesis Prep, and uh, but they took third on a playoff uh, and then finished fifth overall. So another good showing there. Yeah, that was a wild tiebreaker where each of those schools took their best golfer and they said, "Okay, we're going to go play three holes, three, four, and five, and whoever's got the best." Uh, and yeah, Sun Valley came out on the short end of that, but that was kind of crazy—a three-way tie for third place on the team score because that's you know that's kind of yeah. a weird thing to do there. But uh, yeah, they didn't go to a scorecard playoff or anything like that. They just went full-on Caddyshack style, march them out there. Everybody's <laughs> kind of going down the the fairway with them and. Uh, that's a lot of pressure for a kid. I mean, it's it's hard enough to to golf with people watching you, and I've and I'm an avid golfer, and I love it. Um, but you know how 
kind of do, 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 kind of puckered up and shaky you get when people are staring at you. I can only imagine when there's something like this on the line, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, so this was uh, from the Coeur d'Alene Press. They had the report on this. Um, yeah, the three teams trekked back out for a playoff to determine places three through five. And, oh, excuse me, it was all five players from each team played the par five tenth hole together. And so that's what it was. Everybody, so 15 golfers go out and they play hole number 10. And then they added up all the totals. And that's how they determined the tiebreaker. So, yeah, a little caddy shack style there. Yeah. It's pretty yep. uh, tons pretty of fun. Good. Yeah. Uh, on the individual side, uh, Declo's highest placer was Jackson Smyre. He took third with a 146. Uh, Alex Gailey finished sixth overall. Uh, and then we had Carson Lemoyne of Wendell finished seventh, and Jack Verhag of Sun Valley finished tenth. So, of the top 10 slots, five of them were from the Magic Valley. Yeah, very cool. Speaks uh, very highly of the golf around here. And there's some really good golfers in the Valley here. You know, um, when you start talking golf in like especially 4A, I mean, Twin Falls and Canyon Ridge, because they're in Twin and they've got all the courses and the pros and everything. I mean, they develop golfers very, very well. And it just sort of expands out. And Declo, Wendell, uh, they've got some quality golfers there as, as well. Yep. Uh, 3A tournament. This is boys at the Blackfoot Golf Course. Kimberly wins the state championship. And you talked about this a couple weeks ago, Scott, where Kimberly, as a school, won every single district championship they could in the spring. Baseball, softball, track and field, tennis. Uh, I, I don't know if they do tennis or not, but but golf. They, they swept. They swept all the district titles. Boys, girls, didn't matter. What a spring for Kimberly. And we're going to talk more about their softball, baseball teams coming up here. But uh, then the boys go out and win the 3A state meet as well. Yeah. I mean, it's the year of the bulldog, you know, and it sounds like something that Sugar Salem usually does. You know, that year that uh, a couple of years ago where they just kind of ran the, the gauntlet on everybody. Uh, that's what Kimberly's doing this year. And it's uh, exciting times to be over there. And, uh, and they've got some they've always had a really good golf program you know, Kimberly has. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, with, with them winning that and, and we'll get to softball and baseball later, but they're right in the mix for those as well. And, and the margin of victory, Kimberly won by 67 strokes over second place Homedale. I mean, that is a blowout uh, of epic proportions. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like taking a, an entire golfer away, you know, uh, it, it's just insane that margin of victory. That's how good Kimberly was this year at golf. Yeah. The individual race was a lot closer. Toby Hyder of Kimberly is your individual, individual champ, uh, two day total of 144. He finished two strokes ahead of the second place guy. Um, and even Kyler Kelly from Buell who took third, he was only five strokes behind Hyder. So this was a nail biter throughout and Hyder made enough putts to get it done. Yeah. And that's the thing you're going to find with these smaller schools in golf is is you are going to find that. Got the. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hang on. You got your intercom turned on there, Scott. I got my radio turned on, and I guess when you're kind of playing administrator too. It's uh, you got to be on call. Um, but what I was saying was, one of the differences you find in like the small school golf versus the the big school golf is just the, just the depth. You know, they're going to have fantastic players. They're just not going to have as many of them. Um, and so if you can get like what Kimberly had, several good players on the same team, you will run away with it. Not to say that, you know, these other schools didn't have great players. They just didn't have as many of them to comprise the team. Um, and that's really the only difference. Yeah. So Hyder was your champ. Jamison Harper took sixth. Joe Hopkins took seventh all from Kimberly. Uh, and then on the girls golf side, uh, Kimberly girls nearly won the state title. They nearly did the double dip in boys and girls golf. Uh, this was at Blackfoot golf course as well. Um, but Kimberly finishes four strokes behind a very good Bonners Ferry team to, to fall in the three, a race. This has kind of turned into a budding golf rivalry where two years ago, Bonners Ferry won the title very narrowly over Kimberly. And then last year, Kimberly won it very narrowly over Bonners Ferry. And then this year, the pendulum swung back to Bonners Ferry. Yeah. When it's that close, you know, that every player sitting there going, all right, how many putts did I miss that I should have? Or did I jack that one out of bounds or what would have happened if, 
you know, and you never know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's you're right. It's turning into quite a rivalry with Bonner's Ferry and Kimberly. And who would have thought Bonner's Ferry and Kimberly would be in a rivalry? But uh, they are in girls golf. Yeah, it's been pretty fun to watch. Um, Ellie Stastny took second overall, 159, six strokes behind the champion from Bonner's Ferry, Braylon Bayer. And that's probably the difference right there, right? I mean, it's it trickles down, but that mm-hmm. right there, six strokes, you lose by four, you flip that, and Kimberly's mm-hmm. probably winning back-to-back titles. Um, Allie Stastny finished fifth for Kimberly as well, and Ava Harper took ninth for the Bulldogs there at the 3-8 Girls State Golf Meet. All right, let's go to softball. More Kimberly talk. Here we go. Kimberly wins their first softball championship since 2010. It's their fourth title overall. And we talked about coming into state. The top two seeds were Kimberly and Gooding, and each of them reached the final three. They did. And Kimberly, um, no surprise, they were just cruising all along. And uh, if they didn't win, I think that would have been a bigger shock. Um, But they played so well. And, you know, Gooding, they did have a great show and they took third and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they were, you know, they lost uh, in an upset to uh, number seven Marsh Valley and uh, in the opening round. And so they had to kind of fight their way back and to the third place game against Kimberly. And, um, you know, and Kimberly had fallen to that same team. You know, number seven Marsh Valley is not a number seven Marsh Valley. Um, So, yeah, so they 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 showed well. Gooding and Kimberly both did. Yeah, so basically uh, Gooding loses to Marsh Valley right away in the 2-7 matchup. Marsh Valley then runs it all the way through. They win over Kimberly in that undefeated semifinal 7-1 on Saturday. So now you've got Gooding and Kimberly lives on the line fighting in that third place game. And of course, it was a classic. After seven innings of regulation, we're tied at 6-all. We're tied after seven, of course, six all. Uh, and then we go to the top of the eighth. Gooding scores twice to take an eight to six lead, but so does Kimberly. We move to the ninth. And I didn't know this in softball, Scott, but in extra innings, you start with a runner at second base, like in major league baseball. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that, that was new to me. I didn't know that going in. And so uh, we get to the bottom of the uh, ninth inning. Gooding doesn't score on the top of the ninth, bottom of the ninth. Kimberly's got the runner at second, moves over to third on a, on a ground out. It wasn't even a ground out. It was a bunt. The catcher tried to go to third to get the lead runner. Runner was safe, so runners were at the corners. And then uh, Emily Hanchi singles home Allie Unger to give Kimberly the walk-off 9-8 to eight win. And you're like, boy, that probably took a lot out of them, going nine innings to beat your biggest district rival. Well, now you're back in the championship where you not only have to beat Marsh Valley once, you got to beat them twice in a true double elimination tournament. And they did it in pretty dominating fashion, 12 to two and 13 to two. What a marathon for the Kimberly softball team coming all the way back through to win it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, that could work a couple of different ways. It could take a lot out of you or it can give you momentum. And apparently it gave Kimberly momentum that they needed and uh, they just got on a roll and they were the best team there, but uh, they almost didn't get, to hoist the trophy as the best team because they took the, the one of the worst paths possible, but one of the most exciting as well. Yeah. So congratulations to Kimberly and Gooding, both representing very well at the 3A state softball tournament. Uh, so we talked about Marsh Valley, the seven seed in the 3A, you know, getting on a Cinderella run. Must be something about that seven seed because at the 2A tournament, Declo comes in as the seven seed and I think pretty roundly dismissed by most people that were kind of observing and oh yeah, Hey, great. Declo won their little two team conference and here they come the sacrificial lamb for mighty St. Mary's. Who's got the best pitcher in the state, Tacey Watkins, you know, she routinely strikes out 17, 18 batters a game. She's thrown multiple no hitters, a couple perfect games this year. And yet in the first round, St. Mary's commits 12 errors and Declo pulls the eight to three upset win. And from there they were off like a rocket ship, Scott. Yeah. And uh, you know what they did is they put the ball in play and that's what you need to do. You can't win games if you're, you're not getting bad on the ball. And they did that. And, you know, they did, you're right. They took advantage of 12 errors. I mean, you can't win games, 12 errors. And St. Mary's was the number two seed, and they just did not play like it. Um, but I think the, the key to that is they were not, Declo was not striking out. They were putting the ball in play. And if you do that, you've got a chance. And so what a huge win for the program as the number seven knocking off the number two. 
Yeah, sophomore Jacoby Nebaker led the way. Three doubles, two RBIs, two runs scored. So not they've taken out number two St. Mary's. Now they got to play number three Napa Christian in the next round. They win a tight one, five to four. They're led by a freshman in this game, mm-hmm. Tegan Wickle. She hits a home run, has two RBIs in the victory, and then they get to Saturday in this undefeated semifinal against the number one team, Malad, the heavy favorite coming in, and yet. They nearly knocked off the Dragons. Malad wins on a walk-off in the bottom of the seven, seven to six, and knocks Declo into that third-place game where it's, hey, it's Napa Christian again. We already beat these guys once. They win the third-place game, 11 to six. Sophomore Sage Wickle leads the way with four RBIs and three runs scored, and then they get to the championship game against Malad, and we talked about how you know, Kimberly had the momentum to fuel themselves to a title. I think Declo just ran out of gas in that championship game against Malad as they fell nine to three. But it was an incredible run for the Hornets. Oh man, what a what a great shot in the arm for the program too, and uh, just something to kind of build upon. And doesn't matter what seed you are, just get to the tournament because anything can happen. And uh, Declo went on an incredible run that nobody saw coming. And uh, they're, man, headed in the right direction. That was so fun to watch and see. Best news for Declo, those three players that led the way in those three wins, sophomore Jacoby mm-hmm. Nebaker, freshman Tegan Wickle, sophomore mm-hmm. Sage Wickle. So it's young players that were doing the heavy lifting. Declo set up for a couple of years now. Yeah, I think we uh, even mentioned that in an earlier prod- podcast about how young this Declo team was and uh, so much to look forward to. And this is going to do nothing but give them that little taste of what it feels like to almost be number one and uh, that little hunger to get back there. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to tennis, boys tennis, where last year Wood River won the 4A championship in a squeaker, right? They won by two points with like 28 points total, I think, something like that. This year, they repeat as champions. A little bit more breathing room this year, Scott. 51.5 points. Bishop Kelly way back in the rearview mirror with second place and 31 points. And I think on behalf of everybody in the state of Idaho, thank you, Wood River, for knocking off Bishop Kelly. In some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? I mean, I remember, you know, help uh, running the district tournament here and just seeing all these Wood River guys and and uh, like, man, these guys are going to do really well. And it was, you know, it was an all Wood River final in in boys doubles. You know, uh, Bestie and Schwartz uh, taking on Griswold and Boca Bella. And I remember watching those guys play at district. And it's like, man, these guys are really, really good. And then Sabina took third place in boys singles. And I remember watching him. Um, and he beat Century's Daniel McGee. And, uh, you know, even Twin got into the mix too with uh, Brett McQueen and Noah Cox taking third in boys doubles um, as they beat uh, the Lakeland duo of Andres and Hannah. But, you know, that would river tennis program and those kids up there. I mean, we, we mentioned this somewhat in another podcast, I believe. And I know Lauren Jensen and I talked about it when at the state baseball tournament, Wood river is just a different animal. I mean, there's sports that they just excel in, that maybe aren't so mainstream, so you're not going to hear them so much in the in the football and you know basketball. Every once in a while, they had a great baseball year, but the sports that they are really really good at are, are tennis and soccer, and they even have a mountain biking team, uh, skiing, hockey. Because I mean, we talked about you know those baseball players; they were all on that national championship hockey team, you know, and so that just shows you just the different makeup that is in Wood River. And so for them to be dominant in tennis, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Congratulations. And, and of course, uh, their neighbor right there up in the uh, Sun Valley is the community school. Uh, and it's kind of the same sports, right? Soccer and tennis and skiing for the community school as well. So yeah. no surprise that the Cutthroats win the 3A Boys Tennis Championship as well. 57 total points. Parma takes second with 41 and so uh, the Sun Valley bringing home a pair of tennis titles. They did. Uh, Mark Carlin led the way w- with the uh, boys singles title, uh, defeated a uh, kid from Parma uh, in straight sets, 6-3, 6-2. So walked away with that one. And then, you know, even in boys singles, they took a fourth place with uh, Charles Goodyear. So, I mean, you're right. It's almost like Wood River Light when, when it comes to that. It's just smaller school is all. But yeah, the same kind of excellence in these sports 
Um, and not to mention that the Sun Valley Boys doubles team of Walker Payton, Beckett Gates took second overall uh, as well. So some really good tennis at the community school. And the cutthroats nearly pulled off the double dip in uh, boys and girls tennis, 3A state uh, tennis meet on the girls' side. They fell by two points to Parma. Parma had 34. The community school had 32. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is because it's just one match flipped going a different direction and and you get to the double dip. And the double dip's a lot of fun. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, we've seen a lot of schools get there. As a matter of fact, we saw a, a lot of schools this spring have that happen to them. And it's just so hard to pull off. But, uh, you know, some, some good performances there. I mean, Whitney, uh, Janata, and and uh, Chloe McGowan, they won the girls' doubles championship um, over uh, Roundy and Tubbs from Fruitland. So there were some individual, some state championships given out there. And they also won the mixed doubles title. Um, Gretel Huss and Campbell Spoor defeated, you know, the pair from Fruitland and, uh, in straight sets, 6-4, 6-2. And then not to mention that uh, in the girls' singles championship, um, Jordan Hicks of Declo brought home a, a state title, defeating a Coeur d'Alene Charter, uh, 6-1, 6-4. So Declo showing some tennis skills, too. Yeah, that was pretty exciting, I thought, for uh, for Jordan Hicks from Declo. What a cool uh, event that was. Um, and you mentioned the teams that could double dip, Scott. I don't know if you knew this or not, but in baseball and softball, we had possibilities 5A all the way down to 2A of the double dip. Uh, why he did win the baseball and softball titles in 5A. Malad did the same in baseball and softball. In 3A, you have the exact same championship matchup. Kimberly and Marsh Valley played for the baseball title. Kimberly and Marsh Valley played for the softball title. And it was the same thing in 4A, Scott. Pocatello and Skyview did battle in softball. Pocatello and Skyview did battle in baseball. That's just kind of a weird, quirky thing that happened this year. Uh, it really was weird when you look at that because that, doesn't happen all the time. I mean, hardly ever. And, you know, to, I don't know if the, there was a full moon or planets were aligned or, you know, somebody did some sort of ritual or something, but it was, it was pretty freaky. And then, you know, for the uh, 4A deal, I mean, you had Pocatello and Skyview battling it out less than half a mile away from each other on the CSI campus. So if you were from either one of those towns, then man, Twin Falls CSI campus was the place to be because you had both of them going for state titles right next to each other. And I think I think the baseball game, you'll you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. I think the baseball game got over before the softball game because Skyview had to come back through and beat Pocatello twice, which they did. And that second game, I don't think started until about six o'clock Saturday night. It was kind of the last game. We were all waiting on to see, all right, who's going to win this thing, this 4A softball championship. And so, uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that unfold in real time. Yeah, it was. And we were uh, giving updates at the baseball game. And and then pretty soon, uh, I guess, some of their softball teams showed up and then they had to go back. And it was just, I mean, back and forth. And we had fans that were kind of going back and forth through the whole thing. And, you know, you could just see and feel the excitement from both Skyview and Pocatello fans. Uh, because they knew that they had a chance to to double dip or win, and it didn't work out that way. Um, Skyview winning softball and and Pocatello winning baseball, but uh, boy, it was a pretty exciting Saturday uh, at CSI. Yeah, works out when you're all in the same city, but of course, all the spring events are spread out, so sometimes parents got to make those hard choices. You know, for example. Uh, at the 1A state baseball tournament, Scott, I was covering Glenn's Ferry, of course, uh, from District 4. They were there at state. Uh, they were playing in a loser out game on Thursday uh, against Idaho City, which they lost in a, in a tight game. Um, but uh, talking to Casey Martinez, the coach for Glenn's Ferry before the game, his son, Parker Martinez, a senior, it was his 18th birthday on Thursday at the state tournament, he got the start on the mound on his 18th birthday. Um, and basically, you know, Casey Martinez is a really positive guy. He's always a glass half full kind of guy. And, you know, after they lost out, they went to and out. He said, like, hey, you know, at least now I can go back home and watch my daughter, Taylor Martinez, pitch for Glens Ferry softball. She threw a no hitter earlier this year. 
And so it was kind of interesting to see, yeah. you know, we, we took, we took shout outs, you know, during the game uh, from people on both sides, Idaho city, Glens Ferry, you know, send them in and we'll get them on the air. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we had the Martinez family watching, you know, from softball, they were watching baseball and vice versa. At one point we had the mayor of Glens Ferry send in a message to us and is like, Hey, I'm here watching the baseball team compete. Let's go. <laughs> it even had the official letterhead, you know, from the desk of mayor, you know, such and such. Oh, nice. Nice. Cool. Oh, that is so fun. And, and that's one of the cool things again about small towns is, is everybody gets involved. Everybody's invested. And uh, I mean, we have had over the years so much fun with those small towns, especially when we open up the inbox and get that banter going uh, because they love to, to write in and including the mayor of all people. So very fun. I'm sure that was a blast for you guys. Yeah. And, you know, we got lots of like, oh, hey, this is Mr. So-and-so's, you know, fifth hour math class. Yeah. We're all watching. And you know, there wasn't much learning going on at Clinsbury. <laughs> no, we had, we had the same thing. We had a, a Pocatello uh, 12 and under, 13 and under team um, email us. They were all watching. They sent us pictures of, of all the boys laid out in their uniform on the floor watching. And then they sent us another picture of, of our broadcast up on the big screen. And uh, so we were just kind of having some fun with them as well. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that make these tournaments a, a ton of fun. And you get to, you know, every once in a while you learn a little bit of an, you know, informational nugget that you wouldn't know otherwise. And, and again, it goes right back to what we do so well, and that is uh, go beyond the box score. I mean, and so these interactions that we have, oh, they're, they're so much fun. They develop such great relationships and, uh, and, and, and they are tons of fun because, I mean, I remember, for example, you know, we had uh, Gooding volleyball over at our place. And, um, and I think I had mentioned this on a podcast like eons ago. And one of the Gooding girls spilled a, a drink in front of their bench. So we kind of shut everything down. And, and I, I am not just the AD, I'm the janitor that day. And so I go get a mop and I'm doing whatever. And, and then I'm down on my hands and knees doing this. And one of them kind of leans in and says, Hey, we all watch the podcast. <laughs> and I just kind of look up and that whole bench is smiling at me. And I look at their coach and, and they go, the entire town of Gooding watches it. <laughs> and so we had a ton of fun knowing that information. Um, and that I was going to mention something on it uh, the next time we, we shot and we did. And, uh, but those are the kinds of things that make it so much fun. Yeah, that's really what it's all about is sharing the stories of these incredible young men and women, these great coaches, community leaders. Um, that's that's why we do it. So, yep. yeah, it, it's been great. We've had a lot of good stories uh, throughout the year here as we're wrapping up our 22-23 school year here on the PrepCast. We've done 34 of these bad boys, Scott, throughout the school year. Wow. It's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, we are, we're itching closer to 100 episodes in the two years that we did this, right? I mean, we're yeah. getting there. Yep. So, wow. Pretty impressive. And it's still getting a lot more momentum and traction and, and uh, popularity. So we're glad to, glad to do that. For sure. Well, let's wrap up with what happened at state baseball, uh, 3A state tournament. We talked about Kimberly Marsh Valley played in softball. Kimberly won the title there. Same matchup in baseball, but Marsh Valley comes through with the win. Uh, Kimberly had quite a ride at this state baseball tournament. They lose to Marsh Valley in the championship game in eight innings on a walk-off uh, hit from Stanton Howell. He's the son of head coach Kent Howell. And so Marsh Valley wins five to four on a walk-off, but you know, Kimberly needed a walk-off of their own just to get to the championship game. They get, they get past Timberlake in the first round eight to three, and then they're playing sugar Salem. Everybody's arch nemesis in three, a, uh, in the semis. And this was a really tight game. In fact, they went into the bottom of the seventh Scott and Kimberly was down a run eight to seven. It was a pretty incredible comeback. Yeah, it was. And then you kind of figure what they had to go through to get that run because they had the bottom of their lineup coming up, the seven, eight, nine hitters. And, you know, that's that's a big deal. You know, you don't want to get to the the top of the order, but uh, they sugar made the, the cardinal sin of walking the leadoff guy. And so they put the number seven on with a walk. Um, and then number eight, Hudson Flamling, he singled on the first pitch he saw, came out swinging. He's like, I'm not sitting around. I'm swinging away. And he did. And so now there's first and second with, with nobody out. And then they get a strikeout, and now it's the top of the order. And then River Chadwick hit the first pitch. He saw to left field for a single. The bases were loaded with one out. Garrett Nelson comes up. 
Uh, he had a slow roller to the shortstop, and then Sugar got the out at second base, but Nelson sprinted and avoided the double play. And that's the little hustle plays that help win games and ultimately win state championships or whatever, um, and which allowed Phelps to score the tying run and send the game to extra. So very exciting. A double play just about ended it all, but a little hustle saved the day. And then, you know, bottom of the eighth, you can take it from there. Yeah, well, I was going to say real quick to the bottom of the seventh, and and Logan Green and Glenn Jones, our 3A baseball broadcasters, did a great job of kind of talking through the play. Sh- Sugar went for the big risk, big reward, right? Bases loaded and a ground ball to short. You can go home and get the force out there mm-hmm. for out number two. But Sugar decided we're going to win this game right here with a double play, and Garrett Nelson sprinted to, to avoid it. And that allowed the tying run to score. It's one of those in the moment things that I'm sure the shortstop for Sugar's like, man, wish I could have that throwback. I probably should have gone home instead of yeah. trying to go for the double play. But that's what makes baseball such a fun game. Yeah, you know, and I think most of the time everybody um, would have gone home with that. Stop the run, stop the run, and uh, but no, I, I love the, the 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 moxie of just saying, you know what? No, we're gonna we're gonna turn two here and we're gonna end this thing. Uh, I love that part of it, but you're right. High risk, high reward. But then in the bottom of the eighth, um, Zane Ford led off for Kimberly. Um, and then he was hit by a pitch. So here we go again, putting that leadoff guy on without having earned it. And so many times that leads to trouble. Um, and it did, you know, so McCray, uh, McCray Bruning came in to pinch run. Uh, and after scoring the tying run, Ty Phelps drove in the winning run on a fly ball to center that was dropped. So, uh, an exciting end, not really sugar kind of imploded a little bit, um, but you take what you can get. And, uh, and that was a, a exciting game. And I'm sure that was fun to call for our guys. Yeah. How about Ty Phelps? Number seven hitter in the lineup. He scores the tying run and then drives in the winning run. So think yeah. about that. Kim, Kimberly batted around between mm-hmm. those last two innings. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they base is loaded and we had a chance to get more, but, uh, you know, they got the one to send it into the extras and, and uh, yeah, and it's the bottom of the lineup that got it done. So good for them. Yeah. And then we'll wrap up with the 4A state tournament where, you know, twin came in as one of the teams we thought, you know, had a chance to really challenge for this thing. They had the pitchers, they had it all lined up and then stupid Bishop Kelly comes in like they always do and just took a stick of dynamite to those plans and blew it up. But you were there, Scott, what, what happened in that opening round game? That was a it was a really good pitching matchup. Obviously, Twins going to throw uh, Hardesty, and uh, and then Cooper Cameron went for Bishop Kelly. But I don't think that Hardesty really had his best stuff. You know, he has been so dominant all year that I just think that he really didn't have his his best stuff. I mean, they lost you know four to three. Um, three of those runs for Bishop Kelly two in the fifth and then one in the top of the seventh. And um, Twin just didn't have an answer. You know, they, they went into the, to the final, you know, couple of frames and they just could not generate any base runners. They left two runners on in the seventh and um, they, they just, they just couldn't get the timely hits that they needed. The offense really wasn't there. There wasn't a ton of run support. And, you know, when Twin Falls came in with the, the highest batting average of anybody in the, that tournament, uh, 392, I believe. And then, you know, they did manage eight hits to, you know, Bishop Kelly's five, but it was about when the hits happened. You know, did you, did you get men on? Did you leave men on? Um, it's all about the timeliness of it. And twin just couldn't get it done that way. And, and Hardesty threw well, just don't think he had his best stuff. That's what makes state so great. No matter what the sport is, because you could have a juggernaut from a, from a league come in and Maybe that league wasn't as strong as some of the others. And that's where we ultimately sift out. Okay. Which conferences really were the best this year mm-hmm. and which ones were a little down. And I think in four a baseball, certainly you could say, all right, district three had the heavy hitters. We almost had an all district three final with Skyview and BK, right? Pokey needs a yeah. walk off to beat BK. And we talked about it on our preview. Columbia, I thought was also one of the eight best teams this year in four a baseball. They didn't get the state because there's only two spots available from their districts. So, yeah, well, you know, we talked about it too. It's, it's, it's about getting hot at the right time. I mean, Bishop Kelly came in with a, a number six seed and they played every bit as well as a one or two. 
Um, because like you said, they they had Pocatello dead to rights up six to one fairly late in the game. And then two outs in the fifth, I believe, one, two, boom, boom, out. Pocatello just caught fire with two down. And they did it again in the next inning. And then it goes to extras. And I mean, Bishop Kelly is a really good baseball team. And and uh, they, they showed it, even though they ended up uh, losing to Pocatello in that semifinal. They easily could have played and won back-to-back state title because they were the defending champs coming in. Yeah, so it was a wild 4A. The 4A and 3A state tournaments, especially this year, just every game seemed to have just drama and high stakes. And um, yeah, yeah, those were two really good tournaments uh, to watch unfold. So Yeah, it, it was. And, and, and the funny thing about some of that 4A too is, I mean, we saw a no-hitter. And we also saw Brody Birch take a perfect game into the seventh inning uh, before losing the perfect game on an error. Um, and then two batters later, a hit. And then that was the end. They pulled him out. But, you know, yeah, there's storylines and drama everywhere uh, in baseball. And that's what makes the game so much fun. Not just, you know, who wins and losses, but the strategy, you know, um, how are they going to pitch a kid? You know, where's the defense lined up? Uh, you know, small ball, they're going to bunt the kid around. What, what are they going to do? They're going to turn a double play to try to end it. What are they going to do? And the strategy of the game, the little things of the game is just what I love about baseball. And Lauren and I got into that uh, quite a bit in the broadcast, uh, baseball 101 at times. And golly, so much fun. Yeah, it was a blast doing all of our state baseball coverage on IdahoSports.com. Uh, if there are any fans out there and you want to go back and watch uh, any of the games that happened on demand. Uh, you can uh, buy a copy of the game and then it's yours to keep forever. You can. And that's really, you know, if you've got a player that played on one of these teams, how cool mm-hmm. is that going to be? You, you download a digital copy of the game. You have it forever. You can put it on a DVD, thumb drive, whatever you want to do. And then, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, you know, they can pull it out and go, oh yeah, hey, here's the state championship that we won, you know, yeah. way back when. It's kind of a oh. cool deal. Oh, absolutely. And and if I were playing, I would own those things. Oh my gosh, wouldn't even it'd be a no-brainer. Just didn't have that kind of technology back when I played. I've got two boxes of eight millimeter film of all the football games I played. And uh I just got nothing to I have nothing to play it on. It's almost like a DVD, right? <laughs> right. I have a box of DVDs in my garage. And I'm like, oh man, I remember that movie. That was pretty I have not a DVD player in the house to play anything. I don't even think my computer has one. It's like Technology is just a little different than when we grew up, but those video files, those will always last. So I highly recommend getting them. Yep, and you can find that at idahosports.com under the Game Streams tab. All right, Scott, we did it. Another school year in the books, and now we head into off-season mode where we won't be as steady and consistent. You know, we want to enjoy our Mm -hmm. summer vacation a little bit, but... Right. Uh, we'll, we'll pop back in time to time, might have a guest or two on the prep cast. And then Scott, I also wanted to do maybe a couple of big round table discussions where we bring you on and our North Idaho guy and our East Idaho guy, we'll bring on all the experts to talk about maybe some big Idaho topics, you know, like state tournaments and reclassification and do mm-hmm. some state state of the union type stuff yeah. as well. Oh, that would be awesome. This is a, the time of year we have to get a little creative. Uh, because they're just uh, not a lot happening anymore. And, you know, I remember last summer we covered a couple of stories. You know, we had, like you said, we had some guests on to to tell some of their stories. And so, yeah, if you're out there listening and you've got one of these stories that uh, we need to hear, let us know. Um, we'll be happy to investigate it and and uh, do what we can to, to push that out. And uh, the round table would be phenomenal we just got to find some issues you know the the new basketball free throw <laughs> issue is something we could talk about down the road you know that's coming uh shot clock will be in effect um you know javelins getting tossed around no pun intended so there's some things that are happening yeah and i think we could talk about the player transfer thing i you know we we did that in the fall and got feedback on both sides on that but i think we have to revisit yeah. it An, another very high profile player transferred from one 5a Boise school 
to another 5A Boise school that seems to get a lot of really good players that transfer. And I'm not going to say any more than that, but yeah, you don't need it's, to. <laughs> it's 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 already happening. The undercurrents yeah. and there's maybe legislation that is going to allow open enrollment. We'll know a lot more in June after the next IHSAA meeting as well. Yeah, and it's definitely something that's gotten on the radar in bolder print. Um, because you can't ignore it anymore because it's just happening. And and that's fine if we want to let it happen. I'll save a lot of this for that discussion, but it is definitely something that needs to be given some attention. Yep. So stay tuned uh, throughout the offseason for uh, some good offseason content here on the Magic Valley PrepCast. Easiest way is to subscribe. Hit the subscribe, hit the little bell icon on our YouTube channel, or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, etc., um, subscribe to the podcast. And then that way, every time we do a new episode, boom, it's delivered right to you. You don't have to check in every week to see if we did an episode or not. So if you subscribe to the podcast, every time we do a new episode, you'll get it. And that's easy. That's one less thing you got to worry about in your life. So definitely subscribe. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right, Scott, as always, another great season of the Magic Valley Prep Cast. Thanks for all the hard work you do. Really? Oh, I mean, that's what makes the show go. So. Oh, Brandon, you are the you're the, the legwork, man. So uh, appreciate all the prep that you do as well. And uh, I think we make a pretty good team on this. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. And uh, the feedback we get from the schools has been great. And so we, yes, we, we want to. We want to continue it into year three. But for one final time in the 22-23 school year, thanks for tuning into the Magic Valley PrepCast. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you this summer on IdahoSports.com.